You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill back from injury on this Monday with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. How are you guys doing? How was your weekend? My weekend was wild. My uh, oldest uh, had back to back proms. So back to back proms. You're two schools. Oh we, yeah, she she well she had gone to ASU prep earlier. Now she's at Chandler High, and she uh, went went with some friends to the old one, and then went with the new one, which was downtown. We did a lot of driving, and uh, it's a it's a moment in a, in a parent's life when your daughter puts on the prom dress because I you know I was pushing for the eighteen hundreds era prairie dress that basically covered everything, <laughs> but she went with a black number. Um, a little different than I would have chosen, but <laughs> I wonder when that changed because it, I was still in the little house on the prairie, puffy. That was the kind of we didn't have the like mini skirt stuff, but I was, was I back in the 50s when I went to the prom. No, <laughs> I never went to prom. 50s. I never went. I went to Probably Vancouver instead. Instead of I, going to the prom, I literally went on a trip to Vancouver instead of going to prom. That is such a my do that too. Because proms are so overrated, right? I agree. Get there and it's like just a big disappointment. Vancouver is not disappointing. So it's not. Was- and I met Michael Bublé on the street. Look at you. <laughs> like wow. it, it was very cool. It was a very off. fun experience. Did you sing? Um, no. He did not. You didn't ask, did you? No. Okay. But I did tell him that I was not at my prom and he said, Good, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. What about Mother's Day? What'd y'all do for Mother's Day? My mom and I went to lunch and we sat at the bar and ate some food and hung out. I ate crickets. I got nothing. Watch baseball on TV. Hang out. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Called my mom. Done. Got that out of the way early. Well, wow. Tara and I went to breakfast. I did some work early in the morning. Tara and I went to breakfast. We we went to see a movie, the, the Nick Cage movie, which is actually really funny, although I'm not a huge Nick Cage fan. The movie was very funny with Pedro Pascal. And then I went to my mom's for dinner. So. It was a busy weekend. Very busy for you. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah, guys can we for talk about your injury. Yeah, thank you guys for holding it down on Friday when we had to call in our emergency backup host, Sean. Um, I will tell everyone what happened. <laughs> so Friday morning, I was making breakfast and I was making bacon in the oven because I like making it on a sheet pan. It's very easy cleanup. It's 
good. It tastes great that way. And I've done this. I do this multiple times a week, so it's not strange. So I pull it out of the oven with an oven mitt on. And for some reason, my wrist slipped and I tilted the pan toward my wrist and the hot oil or the hot grease spilled directly onto my wrist. Um, And I was in a lot of pain and I was thinking, okay, well, I'll just go to the pharmacy, get some stuff for it. But the more time that passed and the less it wasn't, it, it just kept hurting. It did not lessen and I said, I don't think I can do a show the way I feel right now. So I ended up going to urgent care. But you guys held it down and it's okay now. I hope I don't have a scar, but it's still a huge mark on my wrist. So <laughs> we will see. But thank you, guys. And also, I have the poll results from our poll of who has the best. They were so close, right? Like it's They were very close. And I have to say, I was upset yeah. that I didn't get to come on and say all my reasons for my team being the way it was. So I do, do follow-up questions for Leah first before we get to the poll. Is is it's on the wrist, which hangs below the waist, really? So is oh, this technically an upper body or a lower body injury? I've always been. That's a I've great question. Been. The hands are a but gray area. The wrist is attached to the arm and the shoulder, which is part of the upper Ooh. body. True. Like, if you break your wrist, I would consider that an upper body injury. I think that's how they go in the NHL. But I've always thought about, you know, just hemispheres. It's kind of in the southern hemisphere when you look at it. I see where you're going with it, but I'm going to argue that it's an upper body. Okay. Two, sheet pan is the only way to make bacon. So props to you. That is absolutely true. Don't microwave bacon. Don't come at me with microwave or skillet (laughs) bacon. you got to put it in the oven. Look at Petey's face right now. He's like waiting for this discussion to end. Yeah. There's no thoughts on bacon at all. No, I do. I'm a two-step process. I pan fry it to start. I burn off the most of the fat in the pan. Then it goes to a 350 degree oven on a sheet pan where I can control the crispiness and brownness much better wow. than I can in the pan. It's two steps. It takes a very long time, but my bacon is money. Wow. This sounds good. What kind Maybe of bacon? If, I, if I'd burned off all the grease, I wouldn't have had this problem. Exactly. That's what I do. I burn it off the in the pan and then it's the pan outside to cool. I wouldn't have this problem because there is no grease in my sheet pan because the grease is gone much better control wait tell me the first step again because i'm curious about this you pan fry it from a cold pan pan in a pan and a huge frying pan cold yeah. start it up slow burn off the fat then you transfer that bacon after you pat it dry then you put it into a sheet pan this is very interesting to be pd applewood smoked well, whatever's on sale craig you know me better than that <laughs> maple apple I will say, I, still, I still ate the bacon and i was sitting and i still ate my whole breakfast because i'd also just made waffles from scratch and i was saying like i'll be damned if i don't get to enjoy this breakfast so i literally sat there like in so much pain but i ate that breakfast <laughs> i did and then i went to urgent care <laughs> that's bad. you, you got your priorities leah i like it are we is this show over now are we done yeah, yeah. so that's our show thanks so much everyone <laughs> wow um Okay, well, I just want to quickly read the poll results before we get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, So Craig won the poll for the best all-time Coyotes playoff roster with 37.8% of the votes. PD was second with 32.8, and I was third with 29.4. So it was close. Yeah, but but bullshit. If we have anything, Craig wins everything. Like, it's got the Morgan's minions. No, I used to win polls. Like, the polls about opinions on food and stuff, which... Now I feel like I have a bit of a reputation. But <laughs> I'm going to count the votes. Yeah, I was spread lies about Leah via DM. <laughs> yeah, it's rigged. rigged. Wow. 
Wow. Anyway, All right. they were so those rosters honestly were so close. We're talking about Craig maybe at a starting goal and a fourth line winger difference. I mean, it's. I do think Kemper being one of your goalies really helped you, Craig. I saw a lot of comments about that. So. Recency yeah. bias. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic, which should be obvious because tomorrow is like the biggest day of the Coyote season. I think so far, and it's the NHL draft lottery. Um, and we're just going to do a little preview on it now. We will be live during the draft lottery, so you can have it on your TV and then have us pulled up on your laptop um, so we can do some pack therapy together. So we'll be watching it live, reacting live as well. So you'll, we hope you'll join us there, but we wanted to use this time today to kind of prime everyone with what the heck is going on tomorrow. And you know what? We don't really even know to be fully transparent and nobody really does <laughs> and we're, yeah, we're not alone in that try to try finding it out try calling someone at the league and ask them like this, exactly. there, that's, there's that's so much doubt. <laughs> so can somebody give their do their best at explaining what it is that's happening tomorrow and why we're all so unclear no there's two picks there's two picks the first pick and the first drawing is going to be for the first overall pick but if you're 16th, 15th, 14th, 13th, or 12th, you can't get the first overall pick because you can only move up 10 spots. So it's not technically for the first overall pick. So the top six teams can only move up 10 spots. So it's not for the first pick, even though it says it's for the first pick. And the second drawing is for the second pick, which could be the first pick. But we don't know the percentages of that second draw because they depend on the first draw. Right. Everybody and if you, if you win the second pick, the second draw, and you're in second, does that mean you move up to first? Or does it mean you take... The second pick. And if you're 16th and you win the first pick, you move up to seventh. Does that mean that Montreal is automatically first? I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody knows. So we're going to play it by ear. We're going to get some champagne and some really cheap beer and or wine, depending on how the draws go. And I guess we'll figure it out as it goes. Like, honestly, we, Craig and I have asked people and no one seems to know. So... <laughs> We will spend the next 24 hours still trying to decipher what the actual rules are and what to expect tomorrow. I know as a Coyote fan, though, expect to see when they start picking the names 16, 15, 14, and 13. Wait, 13? Yeah, 13. 16, 15, 14, and 13. Hope that they don't go in order. If one of those names does not go in order for 16, 15, 14, or 13, the Coyotes now can get no worse than third. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important when you're watching that first few picks, 16, 15, 14, 13, if they do not go in order, the Coyotes cannot finish any worse than third. And there are some really nice players. And honestly, we've talked about this all week. I, I think top four is fine. I, I don't think this is a make or break year that if it drops off so much between one and two that four is a bad pick. I actually think four might be a good pick and take some pressure off of everybody in the franchise. They're going to get a good player in the top four, period. That's the topic of my story tomorrow. We'll get to that later. Um, but in, in terms of not understanding how the uh, lottery works, I literally reached out to the league to media relations. And you guys saw the response I got there, which was really no more enlightening than the information we already had. I reached out to three different writers with the league and they all just laughed and said, yeah, I don't know how it works. Why? <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> It's hysterical. It's hysterical. So like you said, Petey, maybe maybe this is the way to, uh, you know, execute the conspiracy. If people don't have f- full understanding of what the hell's happening, then you can say, well, what? This was, I mean, it's within the rules. Yeah. So oh, I God. don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. All, all I know is that when it's all done and a half hour into this thing tomorrow, by four o'clock, we're going to know where they pick. And then we can start our analyzing from there all the way up to the July draft. Hooey. Yep. Can't, can't wait. wait for that to have some direction going forward. So to be clear, that 13.5% is just the Coyotes odds in the first draw the first to get draw. the first pick. That is correct. Mundo. Correct. Okay. So that really only matters in the beginning, and then it's it's a free for all after that. That is correct. And and even then, that, that I did say though, like if if sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, or thirteen get the first pick, which means they win the first lottery, they can't get the first pick because they can only move up ten. What does that mean for the second draw? I, I that's what I don't understand. I don't understand if the second draw is only for second, which means Montreal's automatically first if one of the first teams picked is from sixteen to thirteen. I, somebody, please help me. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. Well. But, We'll find out so, tomorrow, I guess. I just want to go over a little bit because obviously none of us know what's going on, but it hasn't been like this every year. So the history of the draft lottery, it's changed a lot um, over the last decade or, or more. So what changes have been made for this year compared to how it last was, compared to how it last was, and which version of it is your guys' favorite? Uh, I mean, I like the old lottery system better than I like the new lottery system when, you know, from 1995 to 2012, you didn't have a lot of teams that you couldn't move up more than four positions. So those were the only clubs that had the opportunity to win the first overall pick, or if somebody had traded those picks to another team, you couldn't move up as much as you can. Now. I still think 10 positions is too many. I don't think teams that are close to the playoff bubble should have a chance at the number one overall pick. That doesn't seem fair to me. I, I wrote all this in my story, but look, I I understand trying to de-incentivize tanking, right? You want to have enough teams in there where, you know, a team knows if it finishes last, it's not necessarily getting the top overall pick. But I don't think that number is 11 teams. I think it should be more like six or seven. The really bad teams in the league should have that opportunity. I think that's the sweet spot. And then you just let everybody else sort out the rest. I, I just, I don't know why they went from one extreme to the other when they redid it. And of course they go and redo it for 2015. The first year that you have, you have a freaking generational talent in Connor McDavid. Let's mess it up now. Let's do it. And then watch Edmonton leap two teams. I mean, Edmonton was only third worst. So it wasn't like they weren't going to have a chance anyway, other than the fact that they drafted first four times in like a six-year span, which now can't happen because they changed the rules. To now, that event. really I like, Craig. That really I like. I like you can't win it two times in five years. Is yep. it two times or more than two? It, it's more than two. Okay. <laughs> Again. More than twice in a five-year span. Do you think span. they just sit in a room, Craig, they sit in a room, get a case of beer, and go, okay, let's figure this out, and the later goes, yeah, that's good. Let's yeah, go with it. It starts, right? Like, hey, get <laughs> yes. and look at it and say, how can the 11th worst team win the first overall pick? Why would you want that? It doesn't make sense. You have to make sure that the worst teams in the league are improving. If you really want, and, and, and they can say, well, we got, we have parity in the NHL. Look at it. Well, I'm not sure you do this year in the East. There's a huge disparity between the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams. You need to make sure that the teams that aren't making the or, or that are they're having the awful seasons. They've got to get a high draft pick. You can't you can't let teams that are at eleven or ten jump in and grab the first overall pick. That's crazy to me. That's that's that that doesn't make any sense when you're trying to create competitive balance in your league. 
And you look at the teams that that had that, that have won the lottery, and you can go to your article and see who those teams are. Those are teams that sucked. I mean, they were bad. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins, they were bad. They were a bad team. They were fighting it out with, surprisingly enough, the Arizona Coyotes for dead last in, in, in pre, before the the other lockout. So they're a bad team, and all of a sudden they're winning. Chicago, that was a bad team perennially. And then they get some graphics and then they become good. That is the intent of the draft. Now you're rewarding teams that are ninth and 10th. Gosh, I'm not so sure either, Craig. I, I agree. You don't want to see teams fighting for the basement like you did. You know, I won't even say this year, fighting for the tank. I get it. You want to have some incentive, but I, I, I agree with you again. Again, I agree with Craig. He needs to be in these NHL meetings where they figure everything out because <laughs> along with realignment, this is another thing, Craig, you can fix. So get on it. <laughs> add it to the agenda. Yeah, add it to the list. But another thing is the Arizona Coyotes as an organization. Why has their luck been so horrible in the draft lottery when teams like Edmonton and even like Chicago, you know, have had amazing, even Pittsburgh. I mean, look at how Pittsburgh's cards fell and what that led to for them getting Malkin and Florian Crosby. And the Crosby one was a complete, you know, crapshoot of who was going to get that pick. And look what happened. Three Stanley cups for them. So meanwhile, Arizona on the other end of that spectrum. And when they were Phoenix and now Arizona, they have never moved up. Is that right, Craig? The only year they moved up was was not really moving up. It was when the uh, the league in 2014, New Jersey got bumped from their position, the 11th worst record, to the last pick in the first round because they violated team rules. They uh, they had a contract for Ilya Kovalchuk that circumvented the salary cap, so they dropped him down. So really, they were they were slotted in as the last pick. So no, the Coyotes didn't move up, but they did from their original position. But yeah, other than that, they've never moved up and they have moved down quite a bit, which is another point. Why are the odds of you moving down from your draft position greater than you staying put at your draft position? That makes yeah. no sense to me. How does that make sense? I've never thought about it like that. It's un it's unbelievable. Like, and you have to think now, hopefully this, the tide will turn, but historically looking at this list. And if you look at your article, Craig, you kind of lay it out. A lot of the movement, it's just like, really? <laughs> Again, and we've talked about it ad nauseum and we're going to get into it really deep tomorrow and, and all the way to the July. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I don't know if I care. Like, let's not waste our ping pong ball. If we haven't got it yet to this point, let's not waste it on 2022's draft. Let's not do it. Like, okay, yeah. go ahead, lose. We'll take fourth. Like, if we could turn it in and, and increase our odds in 2023, yeah, everybody would do that. The coaches, the management, the scouts, they'd all, yep, we'll stay at fourth if you get better odds for us next year at all. Any improvement next year, we'll take it. So I don't know if this is the year you want to you want to yeah. have that luck. Let's wait one more year for the good luck. That's a good point. And I would have focused more on like I, I focused a lot on Edmonton jumping up or when Toronto finishes with the worst record. Of course, the team with the worst Boy, record. They, that's the first overall pick because it's Austin yeah. Matthews. Right. And, and yeah. I feel like that's going to happen with Montreal because it just happens with the Canadian teams that they get the number one pick when they need someone. But I would have focused more on uh, 2017 if. The players at the top of that draft had been more marquee. As it turned out, the players that went like three, four, five were actually better players. But the Coyotes fell from the third worst record to number seven in the draft that year. Oh. There were literally three teams that jumped up when it could still be three teams. And then they ended up trading the pick anyway in the, you know, in the Stepan and Ronta deal. But 
Nico Hishier was the first round pick that or the first overall pick that, that year. So it didn't feel as impactful, but still, how do you drop four spots? That's nuts to me. You're the third worst team. You're drafted seventh. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. yeah. And that can't happen now. And I think they got that one fixed, but of course, after the coyotes get screwed, <laughs> then they fix it. Yeah. And, 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 and same thing with Edmonton, right? After Edmonton yeah. picks, First four times in whatever it was, six years. Four and oh, six. probably changed that. Like I said it at the time. I said it in 2015. They should fix this. And it took them seven freaking years to fix it. Yeah. Classic. And there's the other part of this argument, discussion, whatever. There's a team, the Edmonton Oilers, who had the first overall pick four times in six years. And how many cups did they win in that time or on the verge of winning right now? Um, yeah. None. So... Yeah. I mean, again, cool our Jets when we start talking about draft and prospects and development because that's a team that had the four top picks in six years. They had the four best picks. And you think, oh, they're all going to go in together. They're all going to get developed together. It didn't happen. It did not happen. So even though the Coyotes may get first this year and they may get first next year, they could, or they'll be top four both years possibly, absolutely does not guarantee anything. So it's nice to cheer for it. It's nice to think about the future. And I do think with the number of spots that they have and the scouting staff they, they've enabled and the ability to spend money in the future, I think all of those pieces will help, but clearly no guarantee. Yeah, and part of that's management, right? You got to get the right players at the right time, but you look at how badly Edmonton was mismanaged in that roster construction. That's that's part of the problem why Connor McDavid is still looking around like, am I ever going to get enough help to even – compete for a cup like, and who would have had la uh series tied with edmonton at well, this I point think I, I don't did. think i think i did you Go did PD. listen to the tape yep. you did I said they were you gonna have, win the series you have la winning the series but per, i personally and i know a lot of people didn't yes, have right. la making an impact in this first round and look what's happening so i guess you could say if the coyotes lottery luck was going to be shitty for how long it was and it was at a time where they weren't focusing so or weren't doing as good of a job on development, but now you have a whole new scouting staff, a new general manager, a whole new outlook that if this is where the tide starts to turn, it's like we can forget about, not forget, but we can put aside the last 25 years and say, okay, now like this is going to be the beginning. And if they're going to be drafting high, it'll be top four this year, no matter what. But with the right development tools in place, that now is the time for this to start going right, rather than be resentful that, it didn't work out this whole time because even if it did, it might be a similar place like Edmonton where things were fumbled and yeah, you know, they'd be getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs every year, which I don't think would be that enjoyable. So <laughs> nail Yakupov with the first overall pick. What? Yikes. Yikes. is right. Ugh. Yeah. But you talk about, but how things fit and, and, and it's got to be a fit for your team. And I'm, we're going through some stuff to get ready for tomorrow's show. So we're looking at different drafts. And you go back, I'm going to go to the 2014 draft. For example, the first overall pick goes to Florida. And the draft pick is Aaron Ekblad. Clearly a leader of their team for the Florida Panthers. They're, they're one of the top premier teams in the National Hockey League running for the Stanley Cup right now. He's paid over 500 games. He's got 97 goals. Captain of the team. Like, he's a big deal in Florida. Well, at number three is Leon Dreisaitl. Who's, who's arguably a league MVP, not arguably, is a league MVP, scoring leader every year. Who fits? Like, who fits for your spot? Did they need a defenseman more that time? Probably did. But over time, Leon Dreisett was a pretty good player. And how would he look in a Florida Panther uniform right now with their speed and ability to score? Oh, boy. So, you, yeah. again, you don't know. They needed to draft a defenseman. And that's why the Coyotes are looking to draft a center. Well, honestly, um, there could be the best winger in a decade could get drafted. 
in this draft could, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who that would be, but there could be 10 years from now. I go, Oh shit. There's a guy that we didn't think would be. And now he's the MVP of the league and the Coyotes could have had him at two and he dropped three. So the hindsight in draft is it's, it's almost unfair. And we talked yeah. about Tim Bernhardt. It is unbelievably difficult to go back and look at drafts. It's not fair because you're talking about a 17 year old kid going, okay, Aaron Eckblad was the best defenseman in North America at that time. We're going with Aaron Eckblad. We need a defenseman. Is it a bad choice? No, he leads their their whole their whole plan in Florida. Like he's the guy. He's on the ice all the time. Eats minutes, offensive, defensive. He's their leader. Is it a bad pick? No, no. It's not Leon Dreisaitl though. Right, and it, it it's more to your point. You can keep you can keep going on that thread when you when you redo the draft. And a lot of a lot of outlets will actually do this, where they'll redraft a certain year as it would go now that you know what you know. That's part of the point. You just don't. It's so hard to project such young players, what they're going to do in their development, how they're going to fit in the system, what the development will look like in the organization. There's so many variables in that same draft you're talking about. David Posternak went 25th in the first round. He has the second most points of anyone in that draft. Then you've got players like Braden Point and Dylan Larkin in that draft yeah. too. So Unbelievable. It's yeah. a really good draft, by the way. How do the Coyotes yeah, do in that draft? Yeah. Brendan Perlini at Brendan Perlini, yeah. 12. Love the guy, but yeah, didn't pan out. Yeah. And then 2017, the one that we talked about, Nico Hishier and Nolan Patrick go at the top. The next three picks, Miro Heiskanen, Kale McCarr, Elias Pettersson. Wow. All three of those guys would go above Hishier and Patrick if we were to redraft it. So and keep who that did the in pick in that draft? What's that? Who did the Coyotes get in that draft? In 2016. P.O. Joseph. It was was that PO that year or did they trade 20, in 2017 at number 23 PO oh, Joseph? Okay. Just saying. Yeah. Well, you never know. You yeah. never ever you really, ever know. You really do never know. It is so for true. all the hype that we're gonna have over the next 24 hours, and I'm excited to see see it happen. I'm not even sure if I want them to win it. I might know. Wow. It's, it's really, in in 14-15 with McDavid, I was on my. Tippy toes hoping they'd win that one. This one, I, it doesn't feel the same. It just, it, I think they're going to be okay. If it's Logan Cooley, if it's Shane Wright, if it's, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be okay. So, and if, yeah, and if, if I had to choose the one to win or not win, I'd rather save the luck for 2023, like we've said. So we'll see what happens. It's totally a crapshoot. We don't know. It's a gamble. And you know what else is a gamble? The DraftKings oh. Sportsbook app. How about that oh, for really a transition? <laughs> um, you can bet. You can't. Thank you, Craig. You can't bet on how the Coyotes will do in the draft lottery, probably, because the odds are literally so in stone. Well, and also probably DraftKings doesn't understand the NHL draft any more than we do. But there's plenty more you can bet on, including all the NHL games, player props, all the NBA games and much, 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 much more. Um, so there's so much you can do. So if you haven't signed up already for the DraftKings Sportsbook app, do so using the promo code PHNX. And this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. You can also turn a small bet into a big payday with same-game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. 
It's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. You know, that's probably where we should have gone to ask for an interpretation of the numbers. Because if anybody understands how this thing works, Vegas understands how it works. They're Very true. And and the people who set those odds, you know, they they set them for a reason. Like they just know things somehow and they're usually pretty right. But it is fun to get, uh, bet on some things that are a little more unlikely because you can get a huge payout if it if it hits. And, and one of those fun things, too, is the team futures because they're all plus money. So you can kind of give it your all. And um, we talked about the NHL awards. Those odds were on DraftKings earlier and the defenseman um, nominees were announced today. No surprises there. We talked about Makar and Yossi and Hedman when we did our NHL award prediction show. So, you know, if you want to get it, you, I think you can already go vote on the, or vote, <laughs> bet on who you think is going to win the Conn Smythe and everything like that and, and the Stanley Cup. So lots of fun stuff on DraftKings. I want to talk about the drafts that have happened. And obviously PD was a part of the Coyotes organization and Craig's been following the team for a while. And I know maybe you don't know this. Maybe there is nothing to report on this topic, but does anyone have any like weird superstitious things that they do or things that people carry for good luck or anything you can divulge or PD? Did you have anything? How much did you pay attention to the lottery as a coach or did you not really care was it more of it a- depends like it really depends on the year and who the players were and and i think the time just where this team the coyotes really struggled and you were a part of it um and you look back to to the 14 15 the mcdavid draft that was a big deal for the staff i mean i will look at some pictures tomorrow we had a staff gathering we all went from coaches to trainers to medical guys we were all at a location and we went and we watched it live over a few beers and it just it was a big deal, and you thought about a lot. Now, whether luck charms, I, I, I didn't, but I probably should have because clearly it did not work. But there are other years when you finish, you know, you finish ninth or tenth, and you're just out of the the playoff chase, and you're three weeks removed, and you don't really care because you know one, you can't move all the way up to get that first spot, and you just go, okay, well, Cubs aren't going to get it anyway. We're going to drop, so it is what it is, and we're going to get a mid tier, mid range draft pick. So it's really dependent on how bad the team is. And, and there's only been a few times in the last 20 years where this team was bad enough to be excited about the lottery. And unfortunately, which we've mentioned over and over again, they just had no lottery luck. So I don't know. I think the scouts and the management are all in. I think coaches look at it only when it's pertinent, only when it's like they have a chance at that topic. And, and then everybody gets excited. I mean, you, you know, I'm sure Dave Tippett at the time's got a, a, a sheet of paper in his notebook with Connor McDavid as the top line center. I'm sure he did because mm-hmm. the, you know, you're planning your future around these people. So I, I'm sure people are excited. Now, Lucky Charms, gosh, we should have had more, I guess, because they sure as hell didn't work. Yeah, the, the, none of them worked. So I'm, I'm almost of the mind that the Coyotes should not employ any good luck charms. Just just roll with, uh, you know, your regular uh, outfit, whatever, you, what, what have you, because nothing has worked in the past for this franchise. Yeah, just but, another day in the life. Former team president Aaron Coney sent me a picture of the socks, the Coyote socks he wore to the uh, lottery. They're actually really sweet socks, and I'll, I'll include a photo of them in tomorrow's story. But that was uh, for the Rasmus Dahlin draft, and of course the Coyotes did not win that one either. They fell from third to fifth and got Barrett Hayton, which you know may pan out in the end uh, with the way Barrett Hayton finished the season. So 
I guess the, the the point is that yeah, good luck charms don't don't help. <laughs> we don't have any impact whatsoever. So Maybe they need to try a different way of changing their luck. Everyone needs everyone listening, us three, everyone who's listening right now. Think about what you've done in the past, specifically 2015, and just do not that. If you can recall seven years ago, if you had lucky socks like Aaron Cohen did, if you wore a certain outfit or a certain jersey or a certain shirt, don't. <laughs> let's let's fight against this the odds, and even though there's literally nothing we can do, really, <laughs> if you think about it. But I kind of I am a little bit superstitious, I will say, um, and I definitely, you know, have that feeling. I'll I'll bring in my uh, my crystals tomorrow. I don't think I've divulged on this show that I own crystals, but I do. And last time I brought them into the office a couple weeks ago, the Coyotes, the D-backs, and the Suns all won. So Look at that. So you're definitely bringing the crystals. I'm going to bring the crystals. Get them. There will be hell to pay. Exactly. Yeah. PD, are you superstitious? You're a goalie. You had to have I some mean, when I played, I did. Yeah, me but- too. I mean, and, and I hate, I'm not going to lie. I, when we were in the 2012 playoff run, I mean, took the same, I drove the same route. I listened to the same music list. I mean, mm. yeah, there's, there's things that you do. I go, I go out to the bench at a certain time on the clock. I'd come in at a certain time. You, you try to follow your routines. I wore similar clothes. I wore, you know, lucky ties. Oh, absolutely. All that stuff happened. And then when a tie lost, you don't wear that tie the rest of the series. I mean, okay. I, I know that's ridiculous, but I mean, you just, you just want to, you want to appease the hockey gods. And if, if that had something to do with it, good Lord, if you were wrong and you screwed up and it came down on you, you better do it right. So, yeah, I think, I think you do anything. You just, you just want to feel like you're a part of it and you really have more control than you really do because yeah. in my role, I had zero control over anything. I mean, I, I so yeah, I wanted to feel more a part of it. So maybe those little things helped me feel more attached to what was really going on than it really was. So, you know what? That's okay. Wardrobe question. Unlike Christian Fisher, you actually laundered or dry cleaned your clothes in between wearings, right? <laughs> yes, Craig, I did launder and clean my clothes. Did, in between. Did there was no things. Not? I did not wash the luck out of my clothes. No, that did not happen. I wasn't. Maybe that was wait, my problem. You need, wait, you can't just dry. What, what does that mean? Does he not wash his clothes? I'm uh, not going there. There are rumors out there. There are rumors out there. Hopefully, How- Fisher's listening and he can, you know, back <laughs> me for this. How about the story too that Rick Tockett told of Sidney Crosby telling yeah. him like that he couldn't wear that suit anymore because they lost, even though it was like a really expensive, nice suit, and he just simply got rid of it. Got rid <laughs> he of stopped it. wearing it. Yeah. Got rid of it. Yeah, Crosby and I think I think coaches most- do that. I, I for yeah. sure they do. I won in that suit, I'm gonna wear that suit again. hundred percent they do that. For sure they do. And I guess we should have kept a bit closer eye on it during the series that are going right now, we could go back and look at the coaches, go look at snapshots from the, those games and see if they're wearing the same ties over and over. Something to do, Craig. I know you got nothing else going on. You should be wearing a Gretzky suit tomorrow to the studio. I, I mean, you, you yeah. want to be a top end player. Uh, I don't have my wardrobe yet. Do you have your wardrobe yet, Leah, for tomorrow? You have it picked up? I don't know. I just have yeah, the, the crystals lined up, ready to go for tomorrow. That's all I have planned so far. Well, and I'll, I'll bring out to Glendale unexpectedly. Sad. Yeah, again. Tomorrow is going to be really exciting, though, no matter what happens, because then once we know the pick, we'll know we can start thinking about, okay, these are the players that could be picked at this and really get more specific about it. Um, We're going to 
be talking to more draft experts. We have Corey Prodman coming on the show live on Wednesday at 11.30. So we're really excited for that. He was just at the U18s. He has a lot of insight. Well, we're going to talk to Chris Peters again. We're going to talk to Craig Button again. We had Tim Bernhardt on last week. If you missed that interview, it was really, really great. Grable gave a lot of insight into scouting, the scouting process and what a day at the draft is like and, you know, what the scouting staff is really looking for as the draft unfolds. So talking to Tim last week really got me excited for the draft and you know, thinking about the scouting staff that the Coyotes have this year and how many picks the Coyotes have in this draft. It's really exciting. So tomorrow's kind of the start of it all. And and I'm I'm excited no matter what happens. And and the, I guess the good news is, and we've said it, is that the Coyotes can't fall out of fourth. So they're a top four pick no matter what. And that's a great place to be in the NHL draft. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a, a that's that's always an exciting day that I think a lot of people will tune in just to see what happens in the lottery. And then we'll break it down for a long time, apparently. Um, hopefully we'll have a special guest at the end of the show to break it down for us as well. And then on Wednesday, looking forward to talking to Corey Pronman from The Athletic as well to uh, discuss prospects before we we get to uh, a, a long list of other notable draft experts, uh, draft prospect experts including one coming in late June. I don't think I want to reveal that one quite yet, but but it's big. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had to think about really that. About Cheers. That. Yeah, it's a big one. one. So get Cheers. excited for that. One. Get excited, excited for, that. for that. And like Craig mentioned, um, we'll have his story tomorrow on why it's okay if the Coyotes don't get the first overall pick, which I think will make us all feel a little bit better no matter what happens tomorrow. And if you want to read that and also the story that came out today about the bad lottery luck. So that's a little bit more uh, sad. And then you can read Craig's tomorrow. It's a little more positive. Um, but you can do that at gophnx.com. So become a member if you're not already. Get access to the members only Discord. Get a shirt from the PHNX locker. There's a lot of great stuff in there. I don't know if you guys saw the Phoenix Mercury shirt that we just dropped last Friday. Yeah. It's amazing. Their season just got started. It might be one of our best shirts in the locker. So, and who knows? Maybe can depending on how the Coyotes lottery luck goes and how things go, maybe we'll get a new shirt soon. That is not a conspiracy. I'm literally just putting that out there. I don't know anything. I'm just saying the Coyotes need some positivity and maybe we'll get another shirt in the locker. But become a member. It's a great time to become a member. And uh, Gerald has coverage of the Suns. He's been traveling with the team and they had a a rough weekend, so hopefully the luck for the whole valley <laughs> starts to turn around here. Wow. You not can't see what not what was a, that, Craig? Not a problem. The Suns is not a problem. They're winning this series. Stop freaking out, Valley. The Suns are not losing to the Mavericks. It's the next two rounds that will get everybody's interest that we have to worry about. The NBA playoffs haven't started yet. This is just the warm-up act. The Craig Morgan guarantee the Suns are winning this series. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I cannot disagree, but I don't know what the hell do I know. Any final thoughts before tomorrow? Because when we're on the show tomorrow, it's gonna be it's gonna be happening. So this is the last chance to get out. Any thoughts? Any nervous energy? Any anything else you want to add before we head? You know what? I just I don't think for the first time I'm really not. I'm not nervous because you look at the, again, I mean, and we've put some time into this. I, I know we haven't been, we're not your draft experts, meaning we don't go out and watch players. So that's not fair, but, but you look across the board at some of the people that are the huge draft prospect prognosticators across North America, and they're not sure. 
and and I, I know it, it, it you know it's right is at the top of most lists, but not all. And two, three, four are different on a lot of lists, actually most lists. So when there's that much confusion and people aren't sure, I think you're okay at four. I, I really do. I, I think it's going to be okay. So I'm not like, oh my God, we've got it. the year after 2023. I mean, Connor Bedard's the guy already. He's number one pick in 2023. Write it down, put it in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. He's number one pick in 2023. That one, they have to win. That one, we're going to be on the edge of our seat. We're going to be standing up. I, absolutely it's going to be where your sunday bests and let's pull out the rabbit's feet this one eh, not as much craig dead nothing. Air. it is actually dead a radio air. show craig well i all i was thinking about when you were saying that is all like every post game show for all 82 games we would do the no. tank watch and it was so stressful and the caddies were on a right. winning streak and we were so stressed oh they're gonna blow this and we have to do that 82 more times next year for something that matters <laughs> even more than this even one more. Oh, oh, thanks. Man. I was feeling good until you said that. <laughs> yeah, I drank a lot early in the like the first twenty games. I was pretty good about drinking, and then I kind of tailed off. We have to start heavy early next year yeah. and just make it. <laughs> I think I should just make. I think I should. Just, I could honestly book the Ubers now and just start. Let's just, <laughs> just go. Schedule them all. Can you imagine out? if we have a if we have a bar by then? Oh no! Can I have a spot <laughs> like in the storeroom? And just that, and I might just I might just cover games with the 942 crew down in the student section. At oh my gosh, I forgot. That's Why great. Not? That's great. Well, everyone, we'll be back tomorrow live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel at 3:30 because we'll be alive alongside the NHL draft lottery. So we hope you'll join us for some pack therapy. We'll be in it together. Um, we'll be previewing what could happen, kind of looking back at more history, and then we'll react live to the picks. Craig will be out in Glendale. Like we said, there might be a surprise special guest at the end of the show. So you want to stay tuned for that. Please also subscribe wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening right now. Give us a review if you haven't already. Um, and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes for lots more content. And it's an exciting week for the Coyote season. This is kind of what this whole last season was about. So it starts now. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching. And we'll see you for the draft lottery tomorrow. I can't wait.